Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. The Bible is the only reliable data that we have about God. And the Bible is the only book everyone in the whole world can read along with the author. That's quite, that was, that was really good. I mean, just think about it. You can read the Bible along with the author. Junior high, listen, I'd encourage you to read the Bible. In the New Testament, in the New Testament, there are 260 chapters. Throughout the year, there are 260 Monday to Fridays. So why don't you read one chapter a day? Monday to Friday, Saturday, review it, Sunday, come to church. Okay? Little challenge. But when you read the Bible and you read the stories in the Bible, they're all there so that we will believe. That's why they're in the Bible. Killy's going to read a story from the Bible. Great. From John chapter 11. Jesus arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. Brilliant. Thank you, Killy. Okay. So let's unpack this story. A friend of Jesus, he was a friend of Jesus. Lazarus had died. He'd been dead for four days. Jesus arrives. And I want to draw out four points, four words. The first thing that Jesus says is remove the stone. Remove the stone. Is there a stone standing between you and Jesus. Have you and I created a barrier between us and Jesus? The incredible thing about this is Jesus, I mean, you've got to remember, Jesus created the entire universe, right? The whole lot, the whole lot, yeah? I mean, he could tell that mountain over there, hey, you're in my view, move over, yeah? So if he wanted to, he could have said to the stone, move, Move. 
but he didn't. And he doesn't because he wants people like you and me to work with him. He allows us that privilege of working with him. I remember when when my son Michael was about five years of age, um, I said, oh, I'm just going to go out and wash the car. And he said, oh, daddy, can I do it? Can I come? Can I come? And I was like, well, not really. But yeah, yeah, all right, you can come. Oh, now I've got to get a bucket for him. I've got to find a sponge for him. And he's like, well, what shall I, Daddy, what shall I do? Oh, okay, you can do the lights. You, you wash the lights. And then every minute he's like, Daddy, Daddy, is this good? Is this good? And I'll have a look. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, but I'm going, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Why? It actually brought me great, great joy that my little boy wanted to wash the car with his daddy. It brought me great joy. I could have done it better. Yeah, yeah. And and God says, I want you to work with me. Sometimes when people ask me, they'll say, oh, uh, what do you do? And I say, I work with God. They go, excuse me? I said, I work with God. And they look at me and they they don't know what, what, you work with God. Oh, yeah, God and I, we're in business together. (laughs) Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so good working for God. So good work. And they're like, these are unbelievers. They're like... What's going on here? Anyway, and then you just tell them about God. Anyway, remove the stone. Have you and I created a stone between us and Jesus? Have you and I allowed a stone to come between us and a miracle? Move the stone. Now, you see... We don't have to raise the dead. All we have to do is move the stone. Yeah? In this story, they only had to move the stone. He, he didn't say, go raise Lazarus from the dead. No, no, no. He'll do that. Move the stone. Uh, our next door neighbors, they called Killy and I the neighbors from heaven, which is pretty good, isn't it? Well, you wouldn't want to be called the neighbors from the other side, would you? <laughs> Yeah, neighbors from heaven. And we got on really well, not Christians. And the woman, she had a stroke. As a consequence of the stroke, she fell into a coma. She got transferred from our local hospital where we live in a village to a very renowned hospital about one hour away in Oxford. And um, (laughs) the daughter came around said to Killy, oh, we've just spoken to the consultant doctors. They've said that she's brain dead. And um, there's no brain activity. Uh, She's on a life support machine, and we've agreed with the doctors we're going to switch off the machine in five days so she dies. Killy said, can we go and visit her before she dies? The daughter said, please, would you visit my mother because she was so very fond of you. Now, the only day I could go was the fifth day. So now we're driving to Oxford, and I I have to confess I'm in a bad mood. (laughs) The reason I'm in a bad mood is because she was in the local hospital, 10 minutes away. Now we've got to drive an hour. Do you know sometimes... 
evangelism is not always convenient. You know, it's not always convenient. Anyway, anyway, we eventually arrive at Oxford. You're going to park your car. You don't know where to park it. You're going to get the parking ticket. You don't. So I'm a bit stressed. Anyway, we arrive. She's in a private room. We walk in, and I go, hello, Joyce. It's the neighbors from heaven. So what I thought I would do is give her the last rites. You know, ding, 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 off you go. <laughs> We're not ding, 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 but you know what I mean. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, boom, off you go. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I said to her, Joyce... Joyce, what we're going to do, we're going to pray. I mean, she had tubes everywhere. I got her hand. I held Killy's hand. Killy held her other hand. I said, Joyce, we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And when we said your kingdom come, she woke up. Killy wet herself. <laughs> it was very scary because, because it was like this. <laughs> anyway, we went back. We went back home. I went to see her husband. I said to her, Alec, she woke up. He goes, Don't joke. I said, I wouldn't joke about that. She woke up. He goes, no, she didn't. I said, she did. He goes, no, she didn't. She did. <laughs> I mean, it didn't matter. She came back 10 days later. Look, you, you know, we just have to move the stone. Yeah. The stone. Yeah. If, if God wants to do a miracle, he'll do the miracle. Right. We just have to pray the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. And on this occasion, we only prayed half the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> You know, sometimes you just got to move the stone. Listen, uh, is, is your stone a hang-up? Have you got a hang-up? Have you got a hurt? What is it? What is it? Is there a little stone that's preventing a miracle from taking place? Is this something between you and Jesus? Remove the stone. Okay, then what does Jesus do? He shouts out in a loud shout, Lazarus, come out. Now, honestly, I know Jesus. I, I, I witnessed the power of Jesus. I've been involved in several exorcisms. I've seen the power of Jesus. I can tell you this. It's a good job Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. Out. Because if he hadn't included the word Lazarus, every human being would have come out of the grave. <laughs> that is the power of the name of Jesus. So, Lazarus, come out. Now, he'd been dead for four days, okay? His brain's dead, his heart. You know, no blood circulating the body. He was pretty stiff, cold. The other day, I crossed my legs, right? I crossed my legs, and then all the, ah, 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 and Killy's going, what, what's wrong with you? I said, oh, I've got pins and needles. I've got pins. I only crossed them for about five minutes. 
Can you imagine you've been dead for four days? I mean, you are stiff. Now, what I find fascinating is Jesus, you could say, was not very pastoral. I mean, why didn't he say to the sisters, Martha, Mary, can you go in into the tomb and give him a cup of tea? Because we need to warm him up a bit. You know, could you go in and because he's a little bit stiff, you know, lift him off and bring him out and assist him? You know, people are always waiting for other people to come and help them. And many, many times we've just got to get up. Get up. Jesus said, Lazarus, get up. You know, you've got to get up. Do you want to get, you've got to get up. Don't wait for other people to come and bring you a cup of tea. Don't wait for the chiropractor to come and put you back in. Yeah, I bet you Lazarus could have done with a chiropractor. Flipping dead for four days. I reckon he needed a bit of manipulation. No, you don't send the chiropractor in. You don't send anybody in. Get up. So the question I'm going to give you is this. Has Jesus asked you to do something, but you haven't done it? I get people who come up to me and they go, oh, Reverend J. John, I, could I have, seek your advice? Oh, okay. Uh, what's the matter? Oh, I'm trying to discern the future. And da, 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 da. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'll say, has Jesus asked you to do something, but you haven't done it? Every time I ask that question, nine times out of ten, they go, yes, he has. I said, well, why don't you just do it? He's not going to give you further instructions. Wait a minute. He told us to do X, Y, and Z, and we're going, oh, Lord, I want to do your will. What's your will? What's your will? What do you mean? <laughs> do what he told you to do. Yeah, I, I really felt, I said to Kelly, I really feel I should go and pray for this woman. So Kelly goes, well, you better go. I said, oh, you know, it's going to be an hour's drive. I'll end up spending an hour there. It'll be an hour to come back, three hours. You know, where am I going to find three hours? I didn't go. Time went by. I really felt I should go and pray for this woman. So I said, I, 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 Kelly, I think I need to go and pray for this woman. She said, you better go. I said, yeah, 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 I know. I've got to go, I've got to go, I've got to go. I must find three hours to go and pray for this woman. I didn't go. We wake up in the morning with an alarm and we hear the news headlines. So we're in England, in London. The alarm comes on, news headlines. She's top story, this woman, top story. Amy Winehouse dies. Okay, now you, you might be thinking, well, how on earth could I get to Amy Winehouse? Because Amy Winehouse was renting my cousin's house in London. My cousin said to me, John, when you want to come and meet Amy Winehouse, tell me and I'll take you to her. I didn't go. I didn't go. I, I can't tell you. How, like, I felt sick. 
I actually felt sick. The Lord told me two times, two times he told me, go and pray for Amy Winehouse. And I didn't go. I repented. I can't take Listen, you can't alter the past, but you can bring the past to the altar of God. And I repented, and I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't do what you told me to do. And, and it made me think, because I didn't go, did God get someone else to go? But anyway, I repented. I vowed from that day, whatever God told me to do, I would do it. I vowed that day, and I think, and I'm sure, Killy, you agree, that from that day, I've done everything. Everything that I'm aware of, everything that God has prompted me to do, I have done. I've done. I just, you know, I, I mean, a, a random thing, right? I just felt right to this billionaire and introduced him to Jesus. What do you mean right to this billionaire? I mean, it's a random thing. So I wrote to this billionaire, dear Mr. Da-da-da-da, I'm Reverend J. John, can I come and see you? I get a reply, no. <laughs> no. Like, dear Reverend J. John, no. And he signs it. Right? <laughs> Six months go by, I get the prompting again. I write to him. I get another letter. Dear Reverend J. John, no. Okay, well, that's fine. I've done it. Anyway, another six months go by. I get the prompting. I write to him again, and I get a reply. I actually, dear Reverend J. John, no. Kitty goes, stop it. I said, I can't stop it. I said to the Lord, if I get a prompting, I'm going to do it. Anyway, two days after I get the letter, I get a phone call from him because my number's on, on the letter. He phones me up. He goes, when can you come? I said, I thought, strike while the iron's hot. When can I come? He says, Tuesday. I said, I'll be there. I said, Killy, you've got to come with me. So we go down to his office. He ushers us into, they usher us into the Playboy room. The entire wall is covered in Playboy covers. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> He comes in. I said, Mr. Da, 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 da. I said, I'm not going to waste your time. You're a very busy man, but I come to introduce you to Jesus Christ. He says, I'm an atheist. I said, God doesn't believe in atheists. <laughs> he said, wait a minute. He picks up the phone. He phones his wife. He says to his wife, come here. So she comes down. He goes, go on, Ned. Go on, Ned. Go on. And, he, and he's tapping the floor. And I'm like, stop tapping the floor. But I can't tell him that. I'm on his turf, aren't I? Anyway, an hour goes by. I don't want to outstay my welcome. I said to him, I said, I think we're done for the day. We're done for the day. I said, can I pray for you? He goes, prayer doesn't work. I said, well, let me do it anyway. So I put my hand on his heart like this. Just put my hand on his heart. And I started to pray. I didn't pray out loud. Ooh, she came on a Honda. <laughs> she came on a Honda. When did she come on a Honda? No, I didn't do that. I just prayed inside, and I just said a prayer. Inside, open his eyes. Amen. 
He said, when can you come for dinner? We've been for dinner, we've been to his home in London, we've been to his home overseas. He phones me all the time. I'm helping him in his journey of faith. I looked an absolute idiot. Dear Mr. So-and-so, can I come and see you? Does that look stupid? Well, it does, I don't care. I'm gonna be stupid for Jesus. asked you to do something and you haven't done it. Just do it. It doesn't matter what it is, just do it. I was sitting in church with Killy and in our home church. The pastor got up and he starts going, I'm really sorry, but I have to bring this up again. We need more helpers, more helpers to serve coffee, more helpers to help with the babies. And I'm thinking, why, why don't people volunteer? What is wrong with this church? <laughs> and as I said that, <laughs> conviction right in here. And I turned around and I looked at the guy behind me. He's looking at me. Why are you looking at me? Because I thought, well, maybe, maybe I just leaned over. <laughs> Maybe, you know, you, some of you just lean over to your friend, and I leaned over to Killy, and the spirit just went, but, it, but I got in the way. <laughs> At the end of the service, Killy goes, what's wrong with you? I said, oh, Killy, I think God wants you and me to go and sign up for coffee. She says, you think I'm stupid? You mean God's told you to do that? <laughs> I said, I can't do it on my own. So we went to see the lady. I said to the lady, hey, we want to sign up. She started laughing. She goes, you're never here. I said, well, we are once a month. That's true. Once a month, we go to our local church. Three weekends a month, we travel and preach around the world. But one weekend a month, every month, we're at our local church. So I said, we'll do it once a month. So we signed up. We had to arrive really early. <laughs> Two hours earlier. We had to put the water on. We had to do... Anyway, I didn't like the coffee. I didn't like it. It was, it was, was not good. Se second month, second month, we bought our own coffee. Didn't like the biscuits. We bought our own biscuits. They didn't even give you a serviette, so we bought serviettes. Yeah, we started to invest in the, in the business, in the ministry. We did it for three years. I loved it. I loved it. I met more people in three years than I had the previous 17. Wow. Yeah? And then God said, stop. I said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I like being a barista. I really want to be a barista. He said, no, I don't want you to be a barista. You've done it for three years. You see, God guides our steps and he guides our stops. Hello. You know? And look point is this, it doesn't matter whether it's a coffee, it doesn't matter whether it's writing a letter to a billionaire, it doesn't matter what it is, just do it, do it. So, is there a stone that needs removing? Two, do you need to respond to a command from Jesus? So, Lazarus come out, and then he comes out, he's all wrapped He's wrapped up, completely wrapped up, bound in linen cloth. 
And he's walking out and he can hardly walk. I mean, the poor guy can't really walk. He's like, he's like this. And then Jesus says to everyone, untie him. Untie him. Now, some people have encountered Jesus, some people have heard Jesus, but they still feel bound. Are you feeling bound? Do you feel that something's just binding you? There's an area of your life where you just feel bound. You see, this is where the church comes in. And Jesus and his church come together, helping to snip off all these things and release, release and bring healing and bring restoration. So, so if you need, if you feel that you're bound, you are in the perfect place. This is the type of church that with the Lord in his spirit can set you free. Respond, remove, respond, release, and then what else? Reveal. In the next chapter, it says this, Now the crowd was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went to meet him. You know, so, revealing Jesus to others. Yes, remove the stone. Yes, respond to his command. Yes, get released from anything that's binding us. And now, reveal him to others. Reveal him to others. Tell others about him. Introduce others to him because he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. You know, I, I, I was speaking in Cambridge um, where the university is for two weeks and with a big team and we were using, there was one coffee shop that we would visit frequently and the, the lady running the coffee shop, we got talking to her and I said to this lady, I explained to her what we were doing for two weeks in Cambridge. And I said, you ought to come to one of the meetings. Oh, she says, no, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not interested. I said, well, come anyway. She says, oh, no, no, I'm really busy. I said, well, come anyway. She says, no, I don't really believe it. Uh, uh, no, 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 thank you. I said, well, come anyway. Said, I don't want to come. I said, well, come anyway. She said, no, I, I, I'm not actually, I'm not going to come. I said, well, come anyway. Come anyway. Come anyway. I know you don't believe it, but come anyway. I know you're tired, but come anyway. I know you've got work to do. Come anyway. She says, I'm not coming. I said, well, come anyway. So she tells this story. This girl tells this story. She went home on a day's work. She has to prep because she's managing the coffee shop. She has to prep for the, the next day. And then she sits in front of the TV with her mother, and she's exhausted. And as she sits to watch some television, she turns to her mother and says, Mom, I'm going to go to a Christian meeting. She gets on her bike. She cycles three miles. She goes to the meeting. 
the, the people singing, it wasn't worship, it was people singing to people. She thought what they were singing was about her. Then there was a piece of drama. She thought, that's my life. And then I got up to speak. And she's, how does he know this about me? How does he know this about? And then I said, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, get up, out of your seat, out of the rows, come and stand here at the front. She was the first person. I was so impressed. She changed her mind. I married her. I'm tired. Come anyway. I don't want to come. Come anyway. Listen, reveal him to others. Reveal him to others. Some of us today, what do we need to do? We need to remove a stone that's standing between us and Jesus. Others of us, we need to respond to a command from Jesus. Others of us need to be released from something that's binding us. And others of us might need to begin to reveal him to others. Now, for some of us here today, maybe you're a visitor. Maybe you haven't begun this journey, this Christian journey. Maybe you haven't begun to follow Jesus. And for you, you need to receive. For you, you need to reconnect. Maybe you knew Jesus in the past, but you got diverted, distracted, maybe derailed, but you're here today. You're here. And for you, what you might need to do is receive and reconnect. I love, in the last book of the Bible, it's called Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. Beautiful verse. And it has a picture of Jesus standing outside of a door of a house, knocking. And it says this, I stand, Jesus I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will come in. You're talking about Jesus, the creator of the entire cosmos. You're talking about Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. You're talking about Jesus, the Savior, who died for us on a cross. He says, I will come in by his Spirit. He will come in. Have you opened the door? Some people open the door, and when they open the door, it's still on a chain. And they're kind of, (laughs) yeah, yeah, what do you want? (laughs) I want to come in. Why do you want to come in? I want to come in because I'm going to give you forgiveness from the past, new life today, and a hope for the future. And we're like, now, other people open the door and they go, hi. I want to come in. Okay, come in. Open a cupboard. Get in there. (laughs) It's like they want Jesus but don't want him influencing too much. Yeah, but, you know, the Bible says this about the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. 
So you don't kind of open the door with a chain. You open the door. You don't put him in a cupboard. You open it and you say, Jesus, by your spirit, come down. Come into the sitting room of my life. Come into the dining room of my life. Come into the bedroom of my life. Come into the library of my life, my thought life. Come into the basement of my life. Come into the attic of my life. Lord, I want you to sovereignly reign and rule in my life. And when he comes in, he comes in by his holy spirit. His spirit is holy. And what happens is he shines the light. I remember when I invited Jesus into my life, the day after, you know, it's like, I looked at the posters that were in my bedroom, and I thought, oh, goodness, they don't look right. I'd never noticed that before. I mean, they were like similar to Victoria's Secret models, but I I thought they were just singers, yeah? But now I've got the Spirit of God, and I'm looking at them, and I'm feeling disgusted, and I tear them down, and I throw them away. Some of the records I had, nobody told me, but I felt uncomfortable. So I snapped them up and threw them away. The more I got rid of the garbage in my house, the more of his light came in. More of his light came in. And as we allow the Spirit of God to work in our lives, his Spirit produces in us love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. How long have you been a Christian? Five months? Five years? Fifteen years? How fruity are you? Yeah? Because, Because if you're not very fruity, it means there's a blockage somewhere. You know, it means you're, you're bound in a certain area of your life. You need unbinding. So today, how does this relate to you? Some of you, I think, I sense you need to open the door and let Jesus in. Some of you need to reconnect with Jesus. Some of you need to remove a stone that's standing between you and Jesus. Some of you need to admit and confess that you need to respond to something he's asked you to do. I know he asked me to go and pray for Amy Winehouse twice, and I didn't go. It's too late. But I'm going to do anything he tells me to do now. Anything he tells me to do now. But if it's not too late in your situation, why don't you say today, I'm going to do it. Now, it might be today. It might be tomorrow. It might take a week. It might take a month for you to do whatever it is he's told you to do. But at least you can leave here today saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to to do it. Do you feel bound? If you feel bound, why don't you just say, I'm feeling bound, and at least express that and allow the church to help you get released. And for others of you, why don't you start revealing Jesus to others? Start revealing Jesus to others. Junior high, tell your friends about Jesus. 
Senior citizens, tell your friends about Jesus. In between, just tell your friends about Jesus. Close your eyes for a moment. In just a moment, if you want to say yes, I want to open that door for the first time, I want to reconnect. Or you want to say, I want to respond to the, to the other points in, in this sermon. You need to remove, respond, release. And if that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Express it with the whole of your being. Yes. I want to say yes. When you're standing up, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to pray this prayer line by line. And I'm going to ask you to pray the prayer. When you've prayed the prayer, I'm going to pray for you. That's what we're going to do. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear the knock, open the door. Let me in. If you need to do that, do it. And for those of you that need to respond to those other points, do it. If you need to do that and want to do that, wherever you are in this auditorium, please stand up now. Please stand. Great. Thank you. Wonderful. Great. Stand. Anyone else want to stand? Don't miss this opportunity. There is something very liberating and cathartic about standing. Anyone else want to stand? Please stand now. Great. Everyone else, please stand up. I love the I love the kind of the symbolism of this. You know when people first stood up, you know, you can feel a little isolated. I mean even in a church, you can feel, oh, you might open your eyes, look around, and there's not many people standing around you. But look what just happened. Hundreds and hundreds of people have stood up and said, we're standing with you. We're standing with you. You know, you're not standing alone. And they're going to stand with you, and they're going to encourage you, and they're going to help you in the journey. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray this prayer phrase by phrase. So I will pray it once so you know the words. The second time I pray it, pray it out loud. And for everyone else that stood up that's a member of the of Awakened Church, pray the prayer as a way of reaffirming your own faith. Here is the prayer. Jesus, I bow before you now. Jesus, I bow before you now. I acknowledge you as my Lord and God. I acknowledge you as my Lord and God. I know I have done many things wrong. I know I have done many things wrong. 
and I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life now. I open the door of my life now. Come in by your Holy Spirit. Come in by your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power, presence, and peace. Fill me with your power, presence, and peace. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Your will be done, your kingdom come. Your will be done, your kingdom come in my life. Help me from this day on to build my life on you. Help me from this day on to build my life on you. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. A prayer for you. In the name of Jesus, I announce and I pronounce his forgiveness. May you know his cleansing. May you know his healing. May you know his presence. And may we all know his protection as we endeavor to remove, to respond, to release, and to reveal him to others. We pray for your blessing upon us, the blessing of God, the Holy Trinity, God, the Father, who made us, God the Son who died for us and God the Holy Spirit who lives with us. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.